Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Hi, Warren. Please, can you elaborate on the advantages of investing in endowments? Thank you very much for sending in your questions. We really appreciate it. It, it really helps us to, to find out what you want to know so that we can keep giving you the right content to keep the, the money honest. So you're asking about endowments, and I think it, it's important to understand that an endowment is a five-year product, firstly. I think it's, the, it's a big difference between uh, uh, endowment and unit trusts or exchange-traded funds. So when you put money into an endowment, you need to know that it's going to be there for a minimum of five years. And, uh, and then you can access the money thereafter. There is, a, there is an, a, an ability to get your money or some of your money out of an endowment before the five-year period. But in all honesty, if you're going to start an endowment investment, uh, plan for five years and rather use other money for, for short-term expenses um, than the endowment money. So the reason that endowments uh, are attractive to some investors is that endowments uh, pay a level of tax on their own inside the endowment that's different to what a private individual will pay. So typically, if you're paying a lot of tax, if you're at the highest income tax brackets, um, th then investing in an endowment is going to become attractive because the endowment will pay less tax on income and less tax on capital gains than you will as an individual at the very highest rates of tax. So nowadays, endowments have a huge advantage for, for the, the very high income earners. They're not so, um, such an ad advantage for someone who pays uh, income tax at a rate of, let's say, 30%, be because that's, that's what an endowment pays as well. So, you know, for people that are saving a couple of hundred bucks or a few thousand uh, rand a year, uh, and you're looking for an effective savings place, uh, and someone tries to sell you an endowment, you, you just need to know they're probably selling it to you because they want to make commission and not because it's going to be the best thing for you. So what happens after the five years is that you can access your money in five years in one day. You can either access all of it or you can access some of it. You can decide. But when you get that money out, it is tax-free in your hands. So just remember, it, it's not that the endowment pays no tax or that there has never been tax paid. There has. It's just been paid by the endowment itself, not by you. But then one day when you decide to take the money out, it becomes tax-free for you. And that can be a huge advantage for, for individuals who, who are at a very high tax rate. The same will apply to trusts or even companies. So trusts and companies also pay massive tax on income and, and on uh, capital gains tax. So they might have a huge advantage by investing in an endowment as opposed to a normal unit trust or an exchange-traded fund. And then just to understand my last main point around endowments, they, um, they are offered by unit trust companies and exchange-traded fund companies as well. So it's not just being offered by the big insurance companies. So if you're looking to, to buy an endowment, uh, make sure you buy one where you don't pay upfront fees, you only pay as and when fees. I think that's a critical point. You don't want to pay upfront fees on investments ever. Uh, and the other point is then uh, make sure that the fees are very low. You know, you shouldn't be paying more than about 0.5% a year for an endowment. You know, someone who wants to charge you 3 or 4% a year, like some of the big insurance companies, uh, you just need to know that that's going to destroy all the growth from your investments. I hope that helps you. And uh, if you're in a high income tax bracket and you've got five years or longer to save, uh, consider an endowment. It's probably worth it. 
Hi, Warren. Stefan here. Um, I'd like to find out from you, how do expense ratios work in uh, different funds? Um, and when do you get expensed? I guess that's the biggest question. Um, I don't really see like a bull reflecting on my accounts or anything like that. I'd like to know when do your expense ratios for a unit trust or an ETF actually get calculated? Thank you. Wow, what a great question. I think a, a lot of people don't focus on fees when they make investment decisions into unit trusts or uh, exchange traded funds. So, so focusing on the expense ratio of a fund uh, is a very good way to understand uh, how much of the fund's costs are being used to pay the fund manager and to pay some other expenses. So, so just to give you an idea of what an expense ratio is, it's actually uh, the total fund costs. So that includes the asset manager fee, the custodian fees, the record keeping fees, taxes, legal expenses, accounting fees and auditing fees. So all of those costs together are, are what the total fund costs are. So what you would do is you would take all of those fund costs over a year and then you would measure it by the size of the assets in the fund um, at the end of a year. So, so typically it's expressed as a percentage. So they'll say that the total expense ratio is uh, you know half a percent or 0.7 percent a year uh, and then you would have a good idea of what, what what those fund costs are importantly it's a little bit different from another uh, another form of expanding costs and that's the total investment charge and i think that's probably the better one to look at if you want to understand your your fund costs because the total investment charge includes all the costs of an expense ratio plus the costs of buying and selling the shares or, in, uh, or funds inside your, your, your particular product. And I much prefer the, the total investment charge as, a, as an indicator of the actual cost of my investment than the expense ratio. There are some uh, fund managers and, and actually exchange-traded fund providers in South Africa that will show you a very low expense ratio and they look really good, but when you measure their total investment charge, it's much more. And the reason is because some of these companies own their own stockbrokers. And so instead of charging you a big annual fee, what they do is they charge you a very high brokerage for buying and selling the investments uh, on your behalf, which still makes their money, but uh, doesn't help the growth of your investment at all. So, so I think just to understand, I think, uh, you know, looking at expense ratios is not a bad idea, but actually total investment charge is, is the better one to consider. You also asked how how is it charged? So the, the fees are charged um, depending on on the the actual fee that will determine when when the investment fee will be will be expensed. So for, in other words, uh, if it's the annual management fee charged by the fund manager, uh, then th that might be measured every single day and then accumulated daily and paid out on a monthly basis, for example. Uh, if it's something like audit fees, those are obviously charged once a year, um, and, th and that might be part of the, the, the total expense ratio for the year, but you might not pay it or see it on a, on a daily basis. Uh, and then the other, the other fees, like custodian fees and accounting fees, might be charged periodically. So, so not all of the charges will be charged at the same time. If you're measuring total investment charge, uh, the, the other one will, that, that will be impacted then is your transaction costs. So just to understand, those will only be charged as and when the fund is buying or selling something. So, so I think you can, you can be pretty comfortable that if you look at a total investment charge or an expense ratio, it's a fairly good idea of what the fund costs over a typical 12-month period. So, so it's not necessarily what it will cost you per day, but what it will cost you if you stay invested for a year or longer. 
So, so I think for me, that's probably the, the, the main points to cover around expense ratios. Uh, I think if, you, if you're looking for a good expense ratio, uh, for for a passive fund, so for an index tracking fund, uh, you, you know, to me it should be around half a percent a year or less for your total investment charge. I think that's a very good expense ratio. Uh, for an active fund, you, you know, somewhere in the region of of one point one or one point two percent a year is good. Uh, there are funds out there that have much higher fees, so somewhere around three or four percent a year, um, and that's often because the it's it's a fund manager who is owned by a financial planner, and what they do is that they're charging advice fees, they're also charging fund management manager fees, and then these funds own other unit trusts, so you just get this massive layering of costs. If you're in a fund that's that's charging you anything more than two and a half percent a year in, in in total investment charges, I think it's time to seriously consider a change. Uh, because those costs are so high that it's going to destroy your performance. I think I'm going to wrap up on that one for now. Thank you so much. That's a brilliant question. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.